What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that also has two unreliable narrators, it's Sif Pop. If you can describe me in one word, it's unreliable. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Plus, of course, your patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my tenacious and tender-hearted co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hi, buddy. Hi, man. This is I think this is actually the first time I've actually said hi to you today. I think so. Because I think we just walked in and we started, so hi! <laughs> hi! Uh, man, I'm exhausted. You've had a week and a half. Dude, yeah. it's. I mean, it was great. I, I went to this Netflix event for uh, The Irishman, which we'll talk about a little bit later, so we don't have to yeah. get that into too much here. Uh, but... Two hour time difference. Uh, everything was like late at night. So, like, the after party went to like 2 a.m. Pacific time, which is 4 a.m. as far as what I'm used to. Yeah. And I had an early flight that morning. You had an Andrew schedule. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't sleep for 24 hours. So it was jet amazing. Lagged. Uh, so, I've been trying to recover and add to that the fact that I'm like, I'm out of my eating element like i was you know eating all sorts of stuff i wasn't worrying about my diet while i was gone and so my body's just like what are you doing (laughs) who are you why do you hate me yeah so uh so anyhow all that to say uh hope i can be alert enough to make some some sense maybe be a little coherent (laughs) it'd be nice but it was probably worth it the whole experience totally worth it yeah we'll we'll chat about that uh for sure along with that we're kind of doing a net Netflix show a little bit I don't I don't know about you and I didn't tell you to do this so you know don't feel bad but I'm Netflix through and through like my you know uh 
Buried Treasure is Netflix. Everything I'm talking about today is Netflix. No. So, um, oh, I, ha- I have a feeling I know what your uh, Buried Treasure is. Though. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yep. Is it an is it a movie? Perhaps. <laughs> no. Okay. Then I no, don't. It's not. Then I don't know. Um. No. I was thinking Dolmite. Oh yeah, you know, I almost, I almost suggested we, re- but we we're already doing two movies. Yeah, I almost, I was about to suggest a lighthouse, but um, <laughs> that's not Netflix. Yeah, it's not Netflix. That's eight twenty four. I well, I guess Parasite isn't Netflix either, so I guess it's not a Netflix show through and through. But we're going to be reviewing Parasite. Uh, we're going to be reviewing The Laundromat, which is Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll be talking about my Netflix excursion uh, to Los Angeles. It's and a Netflix a good- heavy episode. Yes, yes, it is. It is certainly Netflix. Yeah. Uh, So, Andrew, let's kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, (laughs) Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam film will finally start shooting in July of next year after being stuck in limbo for over 14 years. Wow. The DC universe was supposed to start before Iron Man. (laughs) That's amazing. So this is in the same uh, was, I mean, Zach Levi be in it? Is it the same? Uh, I don't know. All I know is because it's been in limbo for so long, I don't know if they plan on putting it in the DCEU. Is the DCEU scrapped? Because that's a Shazam character, right? He was the original Shazam. Well, I mean, he was one of the original Shazams. He's, oh, a, he's man, an wonder, anti-hero. I think it, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it'd be a huge missed opportunity if they didn't tie it into Shazam somehow. Like, that movie was really successful. People like it. Yeah. I mean, Zachary so. Levi killed that role. Yeah. He was so good. Um, but I maybe they're going to go the way of Venom, kind of. I know mm. that's a Marvel property, but sure, it, sure. it's along the lines of the anti-hero, you know. Uh, I don't know if, what they're going to do, if they're going to put it in modern times, or if they're going to go all the way back to ancient Egypt. Who, who knows what they plan wow. on doing with this. It's going to be crazy, but they have been have you heard that they've been trying to make this movie because, i mean i've heard bits and pieces of yeah, it because i've time. been following this forever i just thought that i just thought it was like the gambit movie i thought it was just dead in the water i'm yeah. like yeah it's never gonna happen sorry uh channing tatum that one's never getting off the ground and i had the same mentality for this i'm like yeah Dwayne, uh you missed your opportunity to be in a dc movie but no it looks like they uh they're gonna go ahead and do it nice. and i'm stoked i love dwayne johnson yeah he's great yeah i'd, I'd be interested to see him play this role of this anti-hero it's kind of new for him yeah a little bit yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do nice uh so yeah i'll, I'll be there i'll enjoy uh enjoy anything yep number two yep disney has hired craig mazin or mazin i don't know how you say it but he is the brilliant mind behind hbo's chernobyl mm. they have hired him to reboot pirates of the caribbean what a what a weird connection yeah chernobyl to pirates of the Car- caribbean yeah it was supposed to be uh the deadpool creators you know doing that but right. then they yeah. they went back to doing zombie land like. yeah um so then they're like who's the next you know funny happy go looking guy <laughs> oh yeah have you Craig, seen that chernobyl that chernobyl that family time frolic you know yeah um, let's use them but i figured that was just an interesting 
Deadpool, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you go from Deadpool, which I can kind of see, you know, it has the humor, it has, yeah. it's definitely not Disney friendly, but, you know, it's, you know, funny, which w- would fall in line with Pirates of the Caribbean, but... This is just straight up one of the most depressing miniseries I've ever seen. Yes, it's beautifully shot and directed, but... I mean, is it possible they're they're going for a darker tone or something, or... Uh, I wouldn't think so. That wouldn't make any sense. Not Disney. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. I don't know. I To be honest, there's a lot about this reboot that doesn't make sense to me, so... Um, or <laughs> since it's pirate-based, do we call it a rebooty? Hey! 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 hey. <laughs> I, I'm all right with uh, you know rebooting the. Uh, now I can't <laughs> say it without giggling. So thank you for that. You're uh, welcome. But uh, I, I don't know if this this reboot needed even to be done. I mean, can we have a breather on pirate films? I, I don't think know. it's like the Spider-Man thing, right? Like that Sony did, you know, it's like, oh, we're done with Spider-Man two years later. Hey, let's relaunch Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if you put a big enough gap, like that's where you're really going to make some money. Like Jurassic Park. This is just one that popped in my head. Jurassic Park three came out on like what? 2007, mm-hmm. eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago. And then 2015 came around Jurassic World. Yeah. Or absence, just 16. Absence makes the box office grow stronger. Yeah. And Jurassic World was buku at the box office. Yeah. It's in the top 10 highest grossing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Speaking of highest grossing Ooh, movies. Transition. Transition. Andrew. Number three, Joker is officially the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Passing Deadpool 2? Yes. Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 Well, congratulations. Yeah. Have you uh, seen it again? No, I, okay. I don't plan on seeing it again. Okay. I, just I might. I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I'm not interested in seeing it again. I, w- I was, I'm not suggesting this, but I didn't know if it was going to be like a, uh, how I felt after Last Jedi, where everybody was praising it. I'm like, maybe I just didn't see the same movie. Maybe if I go and see it again, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll pick up. I didn't know if you. Well, like- it's been interesting for me because while you are not the only one I've heard praising it, this is uh, more uh, divisive than I think Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, it is pretty. Uh, well, d- I mean, Last Jedi uh, is pretty <laughs> divisive, but as far as critics go, yeah. the critics seem pretty divided on Joker, too. Whereas with Last Jedi, it was the critics. critics heavy. Lo- yeah, critics loved it, like almost across the board. It's um, me, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Joker's a little more divided. And what's what's interesting is um, the there are two main film review podcasts that I listen to, and uh, they both have three people on them. And all six, all all six of well, they're they're not technically a film review podcast. The syncast. I didn't know if you just listened to the mini pod that they did on Joker. I did listen to the mini pod, so I can throw that one in too. Yeah, because uh, so then that would be I think because there were four of them on the Joker pod. That's true. Yeah. So that's ten people uh, opinions, and nine out of the ten were uh, felt the same way I did, which is you know that's technically brilliant but i don't like it you know kind of thing it's a really interesting movie to hear people talk about because it's a conversation starter for yeah, sure yeah for sure um and the and the other one which was actually on the sincast uh mini pod uh loved it like you did thought it was great and a masterpiece and and uh, so it's just it's fascinating to hear people 
you know, talk about it because the second I start to feel like I'm alone, somebody else is like, Oh no, I feel the same way. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, movies are interesting like that. So I don't mind it. I kind of like it when we're divided about movies. It's makes for some good conversation. It does. That was one of our longer podcasts. I remember. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it wasn't like a heated argument, like me saying you're wrong or anything. It was just, no, 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 no. It was us trying to understand the other's viewpoint. And I, and I think for the most part, I think, think we both get it like there's yeah. you know it's it's really understandable i i've understood every perspective i've heard on this movie which i think is saying something yeah so which is not true with last jedi or some of the others like i just <laughs> don't understand some of those but oh anyhow. man I, <laughs> no I, need to get into that yeah again. i'll just say that i watched i don't this is totally just a serendipitous but i watched a couple youtube videos on why last jedi is one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> what there's youtube videos on it i know Who it's crazy right? that's amazing <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up for do we care very nice let's review some movies let's do uh, it. we got a two for uh two for today so we will kick it off with parasite Greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. Uh, the movie is Parasite. The director is Bong Joon-ho. Good, good director. Uh, that is an understatement. Yeah. Uh, I've loved so much of what he has done before, whether it be from Okja to Snowpiercer to The Host, which was my introduction to him. Yep. And it still actually might... Well, I mean... It's so hard because all his movies I, I you know, really enjoy so much. But uh, yeah. he's he's done some great stuff. So very, of course, interested in this. Heard some very good buzz. And it has finally made its way out to theaters out and across the country. And I think might be expanding uh, even more over the next few weeks. So yeah. hopefully you'll have it, the ability to see it. Uh, but now that more people can see it, let's chat about it. What do you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I don't know if I could love it anymore. It's, it's so right? good. It's so good. It totally lives up to the hype. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah. What I love about this movie, not to you know jump into possible spoilers, but the direction this movie takes is so unpredictable. Yeah. And, but... As the story progresses, it's not like it's not horse people out of you know anything like that. It, it, it makes sense. You, you know? Is that a reference to the uh, what is that movie? Uh, sorry for bothering you. Yes, uh, yeah. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother. Yeah, that's yep. That's what that reference. Nice pull. You know, it's not you know horse people. That's going to be my go to. Like, well, yeah, that yeah. just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the. From where the movie starts is not where I thought this movie was going to end. No, I think, and I do think it's really important. Well, not really important. I, you can have a good time with this movie no matter what. But I think it's it's one of those movies, even more than most, uh, that it's really valuable to go in as blank as possible, you know? Yeah. Just kind of go into the movie and ready for a story to be told. So stop the podcast right now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Don't listen to us anymore. No, we'll do our best not to spoil it, sure, uh, at least yeah. for now. Um, I, I mean, there are so many things I loved about this, but I think what I'm most amazed about uh, by Jun Hoon's uh, filmmaking is his ability to be compelling in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, the character development in this movie is so compelling. Oh. Uh, yeah. that they're, that this family that we're getting to know each of them and how we're getting to know them and why we care about them and what we're interested in about them. Uh, the social dynamic is so compelling in this, the idea, and I'm not from Korea. I've never lived there. I don't speak Korean. So I'm reading subtitles, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
but um but just the the way it depicts the the social um I'm trying to hierarchy. Like, yeah, the hierarchy, the the balances. It's just it's very compelling and interesting, and I want to know more about it. The humor is compelling. You know, it's just like every part of this movie uh, is is something that draws me in, and it's yeah. like a movie really, honestly, only needs one thing to draw me in to keep me interested. You know, if it's compelling <laughs> enough, I'll be interested, right? There's a plenty in and this. And this movie has six things that yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, I want to know more about that. I'm so excited." No. Uh so and that's and you know, that's beyond how uh, almost Hitchcockian he is with how he addresses this story and kind of what happens with this story. So, yeah, I I was in love from from start to finish. Oh yeah. I think a lot of this rests on the shoulders of a Kang Ho Song, he's the main mm-hmm. character who's totally been agree. in a lot of Bong Joon Ho's movies. Uh, he was in The Host and Snowpiercer, and yeah, um, brilliant actor. I've loved him in everything that he's mm-hmm. done. Um, this is probably one of the most intriguing characters I've seen all year yeah. in cinema. Um, his passion and love for his family but also his pride and shame the roller coaster that this guy goes on is Mm -hmm. so captivating yeah oh so Uh, good asking for grace right off the bat for pronouncing some of these pronunciations i i mean (laughs) apologies for getting them wrong whatever again it's you know not a language i speak but i also really liked uh choi woo chic i think is it would be how you say it like he woo uh the brother uh, and I thought he was spectacular too. I just, yes. there was something so, uh, simply straightforward about his performance. And yet you always knew where he was, what he was thinking, what his motivations were. Um, I just, man, the, the, really the dynamic of that entire family is just so beautiful. Oh, so yeah. wonderful. The Kim family is just like, mm-hmm. you want to know everything about them. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating that we're, this is a movie that makes you want to know so much about a poverty stricken family as opposed to the Park family who is incredibly wealthy. And yeah. normally, if you look at society as a whole, we have shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, we have all these, sh- or uh, Real Housewives, all these shows that make you want to be fascinated with the rich culture. Mm-hmm. But here comes a movie where you are introduced to. Do you want to know this super rich family or do you want to know this really poor family? Mm-hmm. And I was so enamored and wanted to be immersed in the life of the Kim family. Yeah. And I think that that just is a testament to how good uh, Bong Joon-ho is. I totally agree. Um, I don't have uh, really a lot more specifically to go into, again, for fear of exactly spoiling anything that happens in the movie. Uh, I will say that there are currently 238 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and 99% of them are positive. So well, yeah. that is, uh, again, it somehow lives up to that hype. It is my number two movie of the year, right behind Joker. I think it's my number one. Really? Yeah. I, I think get it. For now. I get it, man. Um, it's yeah. so good. I, wa- I want to watch it again. Again, I want to sit with it a little bit, um, but it's just a it's just a great movie. Yeah, I say this every year. They're just movies that come out, and you're just like, that's a great movie. Exactly, it's a great story. It's told well, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to have laser swords and capes. You know, like it <laughs> it can it can just be a great story that's interesting to tell. So yeah, uh, and you know, this is definitely one of those. 
Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? I cannot wait for spoiler talk on this. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have so much. Yeah, fun. we will do a sift spoil on this and it will be in your feed where we'll go a little more in depth about some of the things that happen in the plot and I guess, talk about specifics. I guess I could say this. Um, <laughs> there is no post credit scene. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. I love the how. Uh, uh, Junho made the house a character. Mm-hmm, sure. This house felt alive, and it's. it's I, I don't want to get too much into it, but the I felt now people like are going to be thinking it's like Monster House. It, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean? That's not what I mean when <laughs> no, I say I know, this. I know. But I feel like I know the layout of this house. I know, mm-hmm. like, if you were to drop me off at yes. the front door, yes. I could walk through this house and know he where has everything such is. A sense of geographical awareness. Yes. And he knows how to use the camera to make you feel uh, comfortable with the surroundings and all those kind of things. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty spectacular how well done it is. Um, I will just say this. Uh, my one last thing is going to be there is a uh, a scene in a rainstorm. That is probably my favorite cinematic scene of the entire year. Yeah, I know the one you speak of. Man, it's so funny you said that. I'm like, I can think of three or four more scenes in this movie where I'm just like, that one too. And that one too. Yeah, Yeah. and you wouldn't be wrong probably. No. But just for me, it was like, oh, watching that. I cannot wait for Sif Spoil. All right. Uh, Well, we can't recommend this enough. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously right now, it's sitting in the driver's seat for Sif Pop Movie of the Year because if it's my best so far and your second best so far. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm ready. 2019, bring on the good movies. I think this has a really good chance of winning Best Picture. And I don't mean Best Foreign Language Film. I mean Best Picture. But see, isn't that the reason why it probably won't? Like, happen with Roma? I hate when they do that with movies like Roma. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has its own category, Andrew. Why should it win Best Picture? Why should an animated movie ever win Best Picture? It has its own category. Yeah. <laughs> Why have categories at all? <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Obviously, huge recommend from both of us for Parasite. Let's move on to our second review of the week and talk a little bit about the laundromat. Think of this as fairy tale that actually happened. There's confusion over who has to pay. So they drowned Joe and 20 other innocent people. And somebody's making money from it. No, it goes back to this law firm, Mossack Fonseca. So what happens next? What do we do next? All I did was try and send money. It's a scam that goes from Houston to the West Indies to some bank who knows where. They're getting away with murder. Which is bad. Bad? When her idyllic vacation takes an unthinkable turn, Ellen Martin begins investigating a fake insurance policy. Uh, This is uh, Steven Soddenberg's second Netflix movie of the year. The first was uh, High Flying Bird, uh, which, of course, you can still check out on Netflix. Yep. Uh, In this one, I don't know. Well, let's let's did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I think I'm going to land in just okay because there's things i love about this movie and things i hate about this movie Ooh, so it's one of those balanced where yeah the, the bad uh out or the bad and the good battle and it comes down somewhere in the middle for exactly. you exactly you uh boy soderbergh has my number i i i'm gonna be on the low side of loved it but still in the loved it for this movie okay um I, <laughs> like i said there's things I love about this movie. Yeah, but. yeah. I I I love the way Soderbergh tells stories. Yeah, I, I I love 
how bold he is uh, in some of his choices. Um, I perfectly understand why people don't like some Soderbergh movies or why people might not like this movie. I, I have uh, a feeling I I know some of the reasons why this movie might annoy you or yeah. annoy anyone. Um, and I totally get that. But for me, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. In fact, it, it almost kind of adds to the texture of the movie. For me, just kind of those bold choices and, and different things that he's deciding to do. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil sure. uh, anything about it. Um, so where do we want to start here? Do you want to start with Meryl since, you know, she's Meryl Streep and <laughs> yeah, she's just doing Meryl Streep stuff, you know, being crazy good and everything she does. Um, I, hi, oh man, I love her performance in this. Uh, Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas are really good. Uh, uh they're my favorite part of the movie. They, they, they are, um, it, when they're, when they're in their narration mode as yes. opposed to actual their character mode. Yes. It's one of the most captivating, fascinating things I've seen all year. Well, I just love an, it. There's such an element of the big short to it yeah. where it's like you're using all these creative ways to help the audience understand something that is really complex. You know, it's not like this is easy stuff. In fact, the reason it can happen, and by the way, uh, the, you know, this is about insurance, uh, shell companies, yeah. corporations, how corporations lie to make money, all that kind of stuff. The reason they can do that is because it's so complex, because they just bury it under complexity and paperwork and, you know, all those kind of things. And you yeah. have to dig out from that to even understand what's going on. Yep. So country uh, legalities, all yeah, that stuff, yeah. all that stuff. And I think the movie, like the big short, actually does a good job at educating me as well as entertaining me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed their performance as well. I'm going to give away one scene in this movie. Okay. It, it's not a spoiler, like giving away sure, plot or sure, anything sure. like that. It's just a creative decision by Steven Soderbergh. It's when uh, it's a narration scene between Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas where the camera shifts and Gary Oldman notices that the camera shift while Antonio Banderas is still talking to camera one and he nudges him and then <laughs> and Banderas, <laughs> Banderas looks over. He's like, oh, and he just continues looking at it's it's just it, that yeah. had to have not been written in the script in the script. I can't see that being written in. Well, one of two things. Either it's brilliant improv or it's brilliant acting. Because yeah. if it is in the script, it's so natural yeah. that it's great acting. Yeah. yeah. Um I'll just say this. Antonio Banderas has one of the most relaxing, soothing voices of, true. of all time. Yes. I could listen to that guy do audiobooks for the rest of my life, and I'd be <laughs> content. It's why Andrew's favorite movies are the Puss in Boots movies from the yeah. Shrek franchise. I was going to go Mask of Zorro, <laughs> but yeah, sure, we'll do Puss in Boots. Um, how well, about, you, you love this movie more than me, so tell me okay, what, some so of the things. How about the incredible uh, variety, array, and expanse of... Uh, actors and actresses and cameos in this movie. Every single actor you can possibly David think of. David Schwimmer's here. Jeffrey Wright's here. Sharon Stone's here. James Cromwell is here. Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, the T-1000 showing up. Will Forte and Chris Parnell show up for a sandwich. Like, it's just everybody <laughs> is, you know, I was even like, oh, that's Larry Wilmore, you know, showing up for a few minutes. I, I don't know. It's just, th this cast is one of those things that I just like, I, these people are just coming in just to say hello. Yeah. And, oh, I love the Larry Wilmore uh, cameo. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was another part of the movie that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, like I said, for me, Soderbergh has a way of telling stories that I just find um, invigorating. I, I love the way he 
finds something and is willing to kind of uh, just kind of ride that horse and put it in your face. And I just I, I really dig the way he he has characters that they, they almost feel larger than life in many ways. Um, and I think that's purposeful. So now some of the things I really love about this movie, I can't talk about until spoilers. Sure. So uh, just just so you know, we'll have uh, two Sif spoils yeah. this week because I definitely want to talk about this one too. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so those are amongst the things. Plus I laughed a lot. I thought it was funny. Oh yeah. Um, and enjoyed the kind of quirky sense of humor that the movie has. Uh, yeah, man, 2019, finally bringing me some movies i like so yeah. um tell me what you didn't like because I, I have a feeling uh you know um well you probably speak for a lot of people i don't know if i'm speaking for a lot of people um but you know me i actually love spider web stories you know where mm-hmm. one strand leads to another and stuff like that however this spider web story had dangling strands where i'm like why did you even show me this part of the web you mm-hmm. know um i'll just say that there's one story that you know, has Larry Wilmore deals with infidelity. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that tied into the bigger picture or how it, you know, was focusing right. on what I thought was going to be, you know, the Meryl Streep, you know, and well, leading it almost to makes it makes the movie feel like an anthology uh, series. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then there's there's a couple more examples. Which, by the way, I don't mind, but I get it. I totally <laughs> yeah. get it. You don't want get... you want the you want the web to all interconnect. Exactly. You like that feeling at the moment where it's like, oh, oh all these people are connected. <laughs> In this way, yeah, exactly. and this movie was not interested in doing exactly. that. It was, it, this movie was almost center out rather than out in. You know how whenever you go to a family reunion and you have that one aunt that goes off on tangent after tangent and you're like, how do we get down this rabbit hole, you know? Mm-hmm. We started talking about, you know, seeing Uncle Larry uh, try to do a dive and then we end up talking about polar bears. You're like, how do we get from this to that, you know? And that's kind of what this movie felt like to me. Like, okay, but then it tried to tie everything back in at the very end, which I will say another con for me is I found the ending of this movie very anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I love the ending of this movie. Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, but I can see what you're saying. And you have mentioned the two, you have mentioned the two things that I can, that I thought, even as I was watching it, people wouldn't, you know, enjoy. Number one, it does feel like the, it wants to tell several different stories. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like those stories are interconnected thematically, just not character wise. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. They're, performed beautifully and shot beautifully i found them interesting but then when i look back i'm like why Mm -hmm. Uh, they were good they were fun glad i saw but well the why is the theme i think the why is about what the movie is about power and money and you know those kind of things and it's kind of like if you were to think of it as a tv show it's kind of like the idea that it's kind of case of the week, right? Yeah. So, you know, the the thread tying it together is that all these things happened underneath the umbrella of this, you know, company that these two men yeah. ran. So, like, each, if this is a TV show, each week you can see a different way this reason this money was hidden or this money was abused or, you know, different things like that. Which, be, which would be interesting except for the fact that... It's not a. It's not a TV show. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. It was on Netflix. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, um, and B that it would try and do this anthology while at the same time trying to tell this overarching story, mm-hmm. and it would just jump. Uh, what am I trying to say? It would jump from one to the other 
with no good transition. It kind of has a Ballad of Buster Scruggs-ness to it in that way, where, you know, of course, Ballad of Buster Scruggs was definitively an anthology, exactly, right? yeah. Like, it very much was, here are the different stories, and you could feel the themes that, you know, connected them together. Whereas this, the it's more than just feeling those themes, it literally has a context yeah. uh, to, you know, keep these stories together. So, um, totally understand that. And then the other thing you mentioned, the ending, uh, I was pretty sure I was going to be alone in loving the ending because it just feels, and again, we're not going to spoil anything till later, but it, it just feels like such a in your face, bold choice to make. Yeah. And, um, I think it could very much, I can see people going either way drastically on how they feel about it that ending. It could be preachy. Sure. Can, you could, yeah. Absolutely. You could feel that the ending of this is preachy yeah. for sure. I mean, it, it kind of literally is, you yeah. know, like it's, it's, I don't know. I don't want, I think I've said too much yeah. already. So or hypocritical. We'll, uh, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, so we'll talk about more of that in the Sif spoil. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on things you didn't like, did like? No post credit scene. <laughs> no no there is not do we uh do we just hand meryl streep the oscar nomination now or do we wait until the i think that we have to announce when she doesn't get nominated i think <laughs> that's, that's right i think that's the official way to do yeah. it now meryl streep this year not nominated <laughs> that's right and on the oscars today meryl streep <laughs> not nominated uh it's gonna be an interesting year i'm 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 i i've rarely been this excited for award season just because it's such a disappointing year overall and i'm just so ready i'll i'll probably put in my bet slash guess right now this is not going to get nominated for, for best my, picture for best picture yeah maybe meryl street but other than that i don't see gary oldman or antonio banderas no, getting nominations I don't think it's going it's it, as fun as those characters are well and we're kind of doing the netflix theme today and they're obviously putting most of their money behind the irishman yeah um that's the one they're they're kind of you know, placing their bets on, but they also have the two popes, which is getting a lot of buzz. They have this, the laundromat. Um, they What's have the marriage, marriage story? story with a motherless Brooklyn. Like that comes out uh, next week. Yeah. Wait, motherless Brooklyn is a Netflix movie. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I don't I think thought, it is. Okay, I'm possibly wrong about that. Yeah. I just, I just know this year they have several that are actually getting that kind of the buzz. Yeah. And they may have two or three movies nominated, and I don't think this will be one of them. You know what I mean? No, so I really don't. It's kind of fascinating to watch that develop, but but we could be wrong. You never know. Who knows <laughs> what if how this the buzz is goes? The, what if they just do a 180? Forget the Irishman. Forget Laund or uh, Motherless Brooklyn. If it is Netflix, marriage or, story. Forget marriage story. We're putting all our chips in on laundromat on red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, that's not even to um, you know to mention stuff that you know came out earlier this year, like High Flying Bird or uh, Dolomite. Dolomite's going to get some Oscar attention, right? That's a Netflix yeah. movie, so... Neither of us have seen that yet, right? Do I have seen it, you actually. You have seen it, okay. Yeah, I have seen Dolomite as my okay. name. It's um, in my... It's in my uh... Uh, watch list so and maybe you know velvet buds buzzsaw might get a nomination <laughs> i think people forgot that came out yeah, i think you're right triple frontier think that'll get a nomination nope <laughs> all right <laughs> i think we've uh we've about covered what we can on that one without spoilers yeah. so in your feed you should have a sift spoil for both laundromat and parasite uh on your way yeah 
You took um, you took a trip. I did take a trip, and I figured we can chat about that uh, for a little bit. Um, before we do get into it, though, thank you to our members of Sif Pop. We appreciate you mm-hmm. um, and everything you do for uh, for Sif Pop in general. Uh, it's been really cool to see the support continue to grow, and we're able to do some new stuff. We're in fact, just purchased some new cameras to improve our uh, the video part on YouTube. So, um, so that's going to be so we're kind of getting that prepped, getting ready to launch that. You should be seeing that pretty soon. But honestly, we couldn't have done it without you supporting uh, what we do. So, thanks for finding value in us. That's just incredible. So, if you're interested in finding out what perks there are and all the fun stuff we do together uh, at Sift Pop, uh, Sift Pop members, you can go to patreon.com slash siftpop that's patreon.com slash siftpop uh and join us there as a member sport starts at three bucks a month actually we did get a new review uh on uh apple podcasts uh this one is entitled inspirational and enlightening and uh the review says quote inspirational enlightening unquote signed francis ford coppola so that's the I love it. That's <laughs> the, the whole. It's the whole five star review. I absolutely love it. Uh, you can get a your good, a good uh, entry into the Vanilla Chronicles. <laughs> yes. So if you want to do your review on Apple Podcasts, we would always appreciate and love that as well. All right, let's talk about my uh, my trip to LA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Netflix last year invited me out to see Roma in New York City. It was a great time. I figured it was a one time thing. Um, I figured it was a mistake. I don't know why they invited me. You know. <laughs> Because uh, you're Aaron Dyson. I, apparently, I am, and uh, and so, but no, I got an email like a week out that basically said, "Hey, we're doing this thing again uh, for the Irishman. We'll bring you out here. We'll give you a place to stay, and uh, you can watch the movie at the premiere in downtown Hollywood. It's my very first." Los Angeles movie premiere. Uh, I've never been to one before. Is there a red carpet? Yeah, totally. I walked down the red carpet and there were people hanging over, you know, trying to get autographs and taking pictures and all that kind of fun stuff. Did you do a a midway pose? (laughs) No. No? No, I did not. You got to do that pose where you make sure you don't actually look at the cameras. You just... Right, yeah. Yeah, you just pan. Um, so got to experience the premiere, uh, which everybody was there. Uh, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, um, Pesci, uh, Keitel, Scorsese, um, Scorsese uh, Ray Romano. Was Coppola there? <laughs> I didn't see Coppola no, anywhere. No, that's a shame. Uh, Ray Romano, Bobby uh, Cannavale. Uh, yeah, it was, it was everybody in the cast and that was fun. Watch the premiere three hours and 40 minutes of it or whatever it is. Wow. No, no break, no um, intermission. Uh, so, but it was fine. I, I didn't drink water all day in preparation. That's smart. Uh, made Look sure at I you. De- dehydrated myself so I wouldn't have to leave during the movie. Uh, and I guess I'll hold my thoughts on the movie, like specifically, because I figure we'll review it at some point. Sure. So, um, other than to say, uh, Scorsese uh, is um, doing Scorsese stuff. In this movie, uh, I actually think that says a lot. It's it does. I I mean, I think yes. Yeah. Think Goodfellas. Yeah. Think um, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, you know, there's. It's just yeah. Anyhow, that's about all I'll say for now. 
Uh, and then we can talk more about it once you've seen it. Um, but then... It comes out the 27th, I think, on Netflix. Uh, 27th of November? Yeah. Okay, so about a month. Yeah. Still about a month Roughly. out. Um, wow, I didn't realize it, it was, took that long. I was thinking it was going to be out sooner than that. But. No, I think it's the 27th. Give me two seconds. I'll look it up. Man, I should get a review uh, out. November 27th. Oh, nice. Um, and then the next day, we had a uh, press conference style question and answer with De Niro Pacino in Scorsese. Uh, and it was just them at the front of the room, and they would they randomly drew from the critics that were there. And there were about 150 of us um, that were there. Did you get your name drawn? The very first name drawn was me. Really? <laughs> Yes. Wow. What was your question? I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, so I, uh, what I told him later, I said, I said, man, you know, when you're the first, you got to live up to that pressure of being the first <laughs> and uh, you need somebody who can handle that pressure. Unfortunately, you picked me. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, no, I asked them, I said, since the movie has a lot of weighty choices in it, there are choices each of the characters make that feel like a, a choice that their life hinges on uh, and that everything's different after that. I said, can you think of choices in your careers that felt that weighty, that felt like everything after that choice uh, was different because of the choice you decided to make. Very nice. Um, and uh, Pacino talked a little bit about uh, doing The Godfather, about choosing to do The Godfather. Uh, Scorsese talked about choosing not to do movies that ended up being very successful and how he's still glad he didn't do them and how you know he made uh, the right choice even though it would some people would think it was the wrong choice. Um, and how that allowed him to become exactly who he wanted to be as opposed to who other people wanted him to be. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was fun to hear. And by the way, when they're answering this question, they're looking at me yeah. because I asked the question. Yeah. And so it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, oh, hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Hi. We're having a conversation right now, huh? Yeah. Uh, except, except De Niro who, okay. So look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. De Niro's favorite thing isn't the press tour. <laughs> he's, no. he's he's not digging that. Uh, he kind of mumbled through an answer-ish kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of his... He let Pacino and Scorsese do the heavy lifting. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell it was like, I'm here because it's part of the job, but it's not the part of the job that I really like. Yeah. Which I get. I yeah. totally understand. Pacino, on the other hand, he loves telling stories, man. Yeah. Like he, he really digs it. He he just kind of digs into those stories. Yeah. So. Which, well, uh, for De Niro, I can understand because our favorite part of the our job is not to ask them questions. Our favorite part is to enjoy their right. art, you know? Yeah. So you didn't go to L.A. to do a Q&A with De Niro and Scorsese, you know? You right. went to L.A. to see the movie. So I can understand. But then again, it is part of the job. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, and he gets paid enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he can he can make it happen. Yeah. Um, it was also really interesting. And by the way, if you have any questions, I feel free to throw them in. Um, but but Netflix and these things in general, I think, though the I uh, tried to work it out with some of the other people there. We're guessing probably in the half million range is what they spent uh, on this weekend wow. um, to have 150 people. Yeah. 
in, a, you know, the Beverly Hills Four Seasons Hotel in nice rooms. Um, and they, they bought us each a full bottle of Jameson whiskey. Wow. Um, which... I can't bring home with like, you know, yeah, you can't I can't mean, take it on the plane. I don't drink anyway, but yeah. it's, you know, so I just left it in my hotel room. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. That seems like, I don't know. That seemed like a bit of a waste of money. Cause like, I have to believe not a lot of people were able to, you know, use that in yeah. any way. Um, they wanted to have a really fun after party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the after party, we haven't talked about the after party. I totally skipped over that. Okay. Uh, so after the premiere, there was an after party that went to like two in the morning uh, in Los Angeles. And it was all themed out like it was a uh, a rally for Jimmy Hoffa, uh, which is the character that Al Pacino plays in sure. the movie. Yeah. Um, and so it was like vote for Hoffa banners all over the place. There was a swing band playing and they were great. They did some cool cool stuff there were pictures you know like little picture things you could take uh different things and then there were just like a random assortment of celebrities there that who, who were at the premiere like i bumped into Catherine o'hara oh, um, yeah <laughs> she's great and we just kind of chatted for a little bit and you know i told her how much i appreciated her work and uh schitt's creek and all sorts <laughs> of stuff and she you know she was as as sweet as i would have imagined her to be yeah um well, that's cool yeah and so it was just kind of interactions like that uh, throughout the after party. And then if you went downstairs, they had a smoking section. A speakeasy. Well, it was, they had this section where you could, they would actually make cigars for you. And so you hand pick rolled, your, hand rolled and you picked your tobacco and I've never you smoked. Didn't do it? So, oh no, no, oh, man, I would have done it. Yeah, no, I'm sure a lot of people would have. Uh, I just, you know, my poor virgin lungs. Uh, wouldn't have been able to handle it anyway. You would have so. sounded like a Zoolander. <laughs> I yes. got the black lung pop. <laughs> yes, this is exactly how it would have been. Well, it's funny because I, I'm just not around smoke that much. Yeah. Uh, and I walked around the corner. I was like, oh, what's this place over here? And like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so anyways, but yeah, so they had a hand-rolled cigar-making thing. Then if you go over to the pool area, uh, they had When this, you say pool, do you mean billiards or actual swimming pool? Actual swimming pool. Okay. And they had uh, the these bubble dancers like they were oh, in these yeah. big bubbles in the pool and they were doing choreography and stuff <laughs> in the like hamster bubble yeah. you know what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so uh so that was wow, fascinating they did go all out and then there was a huge sunday bar over there because one of pacino's uh, jimmy hoffa's character traits is he loved Sundays. Sundays and uh and so that was over there and no it was really cool I, I hung out for a bunch of it with um Christian Harloff uh from the Schmodown really? we kind of walked around together and oh he was yeah. on the show uh what mm -hmm. was he on the show for it was a remember, bad movie but... it was a bad movie I remember <laughs> yeah. that because yeah, he's I've... been on before yeah because I felt bad I'm like oh this is the movie we got him on for <laughs> uh Christy put uh Punchco I think is is how you say her name um she was on the slash film cast for a while oh, okay, as a reviewer yeah. and and uh, we hung out and talked movies for a little bit. Really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, I've invited her on the show if she ever wants to be on. Once we start doing guests again, um, which we'll be able to do once we get this new technology. Yeah. All figured out. <laughs> um, so, no, it was just a really great time. And honestly, amongst all the craziness of the... You know, just kind of the fun stuff of being invited and doing it up and being treated, you know, so well... Hanging out with the the other film critics is just, it's always so much fun, you know, meeting new people, and I had a great time. Being with a group of people who share the same passion as you is very, 
freeing, I guess. Mm-hmm. You feel a sense of belonging and stuff like yeah. that. So that's just fun. Well, and an insight into different perspectives uh, as well, yeah, different cultural perspectives. I'm just thinking of this because lunch, the second day we had a luncheon and I set my stuff down at a table, went to get my food. And when I came back, um, other people had joined the table. Well, it turned out I was the only white guy at the table. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and it was great. I loved it so much because... You know, it was it was like I was able to exist in these conversations that I just don't usually get to exist in because I don't there's not a lot of not a lot of diversity here in Springfield, Missouri. And what? So- <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you got blonde, you got brunette, you got redheads. I know. Hey, man, well, you there's, know, there's a whole bunch of variety I, of white people here. <laughs> <laughs> I love having Devon on the show. And then he moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, so, thanks, you know, Devon. Appreciate it. Now we're just white guys yeah. again. Again. Uh, so no, but honestly, I re- like it was one of my favorite experiences just to you know talk to these amazing critics. And by the way, I tweeted out all their um, their usernames on Twitter. So if you want to follow any of them, I would highly recommend it. Uh, so anyways, it was a great experience overall and I had a good time. So I have one question about the movie, and I don't know if you can answer it or not. Okay. So if you can't, then don't no, feel good. bad. Ask away. I know you don't like mob movies. But I also know you really like biography movies. Mm-hmm. This falls into both categories. Do you think that one will affect your verdict whenever you give your final uh, d- decision on this movie? Uh, I think both things will affect my verdict. Um, I think this feels more like a mob movie than a biopic. Um, so, and honestly, don't th- don't you don't assume that. You know, n- makes you know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it falls more into that category just because Scorsese is so good at that. He's just yeah. so great at mob movies. Um, and he just has that tool belt. So does that answer the, the question? It does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think it, it falls more in that I got, category. I got another one. Is there a post-credits? <laughs> The the last hour is just one big post credit oh, scene. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's almost not, a four hour not to, movie. Not to give away my review, but uh, but the credits could have rolled about an hour earlier than they did. Wow. So <laughs> that's yeah. I, even yeah, I haven't seen it, and I this movie just seems so daunting. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have to take a personal intermission, which is great that it's coming out on Netflix. That's right, because you can you do just that. Pause it and do what you need to do. Yeah, but uh, wow. I really am glad that I saw it on a big screen, though. I, you know, I, I love that these movies can be streamed into our home. I'm totally not against that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. I think the uh, the more methods of distribution, the better for people to see movies. I just know that there is something, the bigger the screen, the bigger the experience for me. And, yeah. uh, and to see this movie on the big screen was pretty cool. You can say 2019 has shown the world the next step as far as uncanny valley and quality you look at movies like lion king or uh gemini man how is this one as far as de-aging and stuff like that um i don't i don't think it even i don't think you're even gonna uh, notice it i don't think it's gonna be i mean you're gonna notice it because obviously they're older than that but yeah. I, it is not enough of a part of the movie that you're going to be distracted by it yeah. and it's done well enough that it doesn't it it doesn't detract from the experience. Well, good cuz they spent so much money on that de-aging yeah. process. Yeah. 4 trillion is that what it was? I four, think yeah, yeah 4.7 4. 4. 4. 4. trillion. Yeah, I think wow. Is. Man. <laughs> 
crazy. Yeah, they uh, they spent the entire <laughs> they they spent U.S. Disney. debt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, actually, the U.S. Project. debt is just called the Irishman now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, anything else oh. you want to know about the experience or the movie or anything? Uh, I'll save off on the movie until next okay. month because I think that's going to be a very good conversation whenever I, you know, get a whole week to watch the movie because <laughs> that's yeah. how long it's going to take, it feels yes. like. Watch 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be done in a year. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our buried treasure. Sweet. Um, the one thing you want to let people know about can be any area of pop culture. Uh, I feel like I've been talking nonstop. So, Andrew, why don't you tell us? Normally, that's my gig, talking <laughs> nonstop. Um, I'm going to go. You know me. I like combat sports. So there's Like MMA, that like kind MMA, of stuff. Like MMA, boxing, boxing, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Sure. There is a quote-unquote new, I say new, it's been around for a while, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Mm. Um, the name says it all. It's Bare Knuckle Fighting, uh, as opposed to, you know, like boxing, they have the giant gloves, and mm-hmm. MMA, they have the MMA gloves. This is a boxing match with bare knuckles. The, the wrists are still wrapped. It's not MMA, it's boxing. Is that because you'd break your wrist too much if Probably. they weren't? yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, that's that's the main reason for wrapping and stuff like that. Um, you would think that bare knuckle would be way more like brutal and violent than like uh, MMA or boxing because of the lack of a uh, you know padding. Yeah, um, it's actually not, and it's actually really interesting to see how a, a sport like this that is in its you know. Uh, younger i guess young years of development stuff that i can see like ooh the potential for this to be you know changed or this to be changed or ooh i like how they're introducing this and that so this whole you know beginning is so fun to watch and hmm. it's on youtube you can actually watch all the matches on youtube and stuff they're starting because i think they realize that uh things like youtube are going to be you know the way of the future so you don't have to get that i think they do have pay-per-view like you can watch them like a week or so early but then sure. they'll just upload it to youtube so yeah just uh type in on youtube bare knuckle and you can watch yes there's blood <laughs> it's it's fighting it's combat uh-huh. yeah. but at the same time like uh these are professionals and uh yeah, it's a lot of fun to They're watch. Adults, it. yeah, they've made this decision. Yeah, that's what I keep having to tell myself. They want to do this. Yeah, because nobody's forcing them to. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because next week is one of the biggest UFC fights of the year, and I wanted to talk about it, but obviously it's not out yet. Uh, so I'm like, well, let's you know give this an actual buried treasure, you know, mm-hmm. the spotlight. So there you go. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Uh, If you're like Andrew, you'll enjoy that. If you're like me, you will not. Not so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, my buried treasure is from Netflix, uh, and it could be a variety of things that I've seen recently on Netflix, including uh, the Jenny Slate comedy special, which is great. Have you seen that? Not yet. Uh, it's really funny. She um, is hilarious. I loved her on Parks and Rec. It could be the new season of BoJack Horseman, which I've watched a little bit her of. Big and Mouth. It's great. A uh, new season of Big Mouth is out. But no, I finally got around to watching Unbelievable. Um, and Really? Loved it. It is... So good. Is that the one I'm thinking of? So uh, powerful. Caitlin Deaver. Um, and oh, it's the true story uh, about the woman who 
uh, was raped. This the and, Tony Collette one. Yeah, Tony Collette is in it. She's yeah. great. Oh, she's so good. Um, I I love so much about this series. Uh, the story I heard the story it was based on on This American Life, so I kind of already knew where it was going and what was going to happen, which was fine. Um, but it is it is not just an interesting story and a painful story. Uh, it is a reminder of how fallible we are as human beings, um, and just how, um, just how painful it can be to, uh, to lose that empathy for each other. And the, the show is very empathetic to its characters, even the ones that make a uh, bad choice and in, including some of the police work that that should have been done better. That wasn't, it's still very empathetic to those characters. There aren't any real mustache twirling villains. Um, it just feels like a real uh, look into this true story and kind of how it went down. So, well, yeah, I mean, you had me at Tony Collette. <laughs> I thought it was something totally different on that, but uh, yeah, but you highly recommend it. It, it was highly a, recommend. I I was blown. I and again, it was hyped up for me, and yeah. I was like, and lived up to the hype. So well, that's good. I, I just saw on IMDb, it's in the top two hundred shows of all time. So there you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. When did it come out? It's been out a few months or a couple months at least. I okay. think. Um. But yeah, if you haven't gotten around to it, now I will say the it certainly uh, could be triggering f- for uh, women or men uh, who have certain life experiences. Yeah, um, it does not. I, I shouldn't say it doesn't shy away because it's not graphic or grotesque um, in its depiction. It is certainly graphic and grotesque in what is happening. Yeah, um, and so no sugar coating. Yeah, they don't they don't sugarcoat the actuality of what happened. Yeah, um, they do, however, shoot it respectfully, and uh, you know, it's it's not meant to shock you in the way that they portray it to you. It's meant to help you understand the reality of the situation. Yeah. So high, 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 high recommend uh, on that one how, for me. How many episodes are there? Eight-ish, ten? Uh, eight. eight. I believe it's eight, and they are usually around 40 minutes. I think they average out to 40, 45 minutes. Nice. Um, and yeah, I want to... Let me look up the cast real quick, because I want to give a shout out uh, not just to uh, Caitlin uh, Deaver and Tony Collette. Uh, Merritt we- uh, Weaver? Is it Weaver or Weaver? I think it's Weaver. I think it's Weaver. Yeah, Merritt Weaver is also spectacular in this. Um, so I, I was just really impressed with this one all around. I, I got, forgot to tell you, I picked up one of your buried treasures. Oh, And I watched it? Living With Yourself. Oh, you did? Did you like it? It is so good. Yay! I loved it. I'm oh, glad it's you liked it. so much fun. It is so much fun. It's hilarious. It's heartbreaking. It's intriguing. Oh, right? it's so good. It has Tom Brady, <laughs> which is and Tom Brady. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the first episode, just that little cameo. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> is this your first time? Sixth. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you recommended good, that. I good. was going to see it anyway, but I'm glad that you gave me the extra push. I, again, I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, Netflix Netflix is on a roll, man. We, we were uh, talking about how they might be in trouble, you know, going into debt and all that stuff. I know. But they're putting out quality content. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can make it work. But um, but yeah, lots of good stuff happening there yep. recently. So, uh, so there you go. Those are a couple uh, recommends for you. 
on nice. Netflix uh, the last couple of weeks. So we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We casted the pod. Whew. We uh, we ca- we put it into a, a shell company and yeah. made sure it was protected. Yep. Or something. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then we sprinkled peach fuzz all over it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. For, you know, extra safety. Extra, yeah. extra safety. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Force If Pop It is part of the Studio DNA Podcasting Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Well, thank you, buddy. I uh, love having you around. Uh, huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. MVP. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, you get access to every bonus episode as well. Uh, as some other fun perks, including the monthly video hangout. If you're interested, go to patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can leave a comment, uh, rate the show, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. If you want to email us, if you have a question for us or something you'd like us to talk about, uh, hit up feedback at siftpop.com. That's feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than using Morse code to enact your complex plan. Uh, we are going to do some spoilers now for Parasite and for the Laundromat. By the way, it's Laundromat, not yeah. Laundromat, yeah. as I always Laundra. used to call it when I was growing up. I call it Laundromat, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a uh, well, I guess I was going to say Missouri thing, but you're from Michigan. <laughs> Indeed I am. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be back. It's a Midwest ne- thing. We'll there be back uh, mm-hmm. next week to talk about Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do a twofer. Who knows? There's lots of, lots of stuff coming out. Uh, uh, Mother Brooklyn comes out next week. I think that comes out as well. So we'll see you then. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.